0: Hopefully by now you guys have had the opportunity to go check out your local interstate battery store. They have everything that you need from car and truck batteries to trail camera batteries and everything in between. They got specialists that work there who can answer all of your batteries questions or you can go to interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Uh, Right off the bat, I just want to send a huge shout out to our partners at Bondurant Custom Furniture. Go check out their website and flip through their pictures, bondurantcustomfurniture.com. These guys are amazing at what they do when it comes to custom woodworking. Uh, One thing that's really cool is they take old whiskey barrels they refurbish them and then they turn them into furniture or art or clocks or coffee tables or whatever um you can also call them up and say hey i got an idea for a piece that i want you guys to make you know make for me and they'll entertain any idea that you want uh so bondurantcustomfurniture.com the name says exactly where they're located that's bondurant iowa uh again bondurantcustomfurniture.com uh take a look at their awesome uh they're awesome pieces of work that they do. Now, on today's episode, we're talking with returning guest Ben Liao, and Ben, every year he does this uh, this forecast, right the 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 whitetail forecast in the state of Iowa. Uh, not necessarily whether or not the hunting is going to be good, but. We talk about CWD, we talk about population, we talk about, um, you know, whether or not the herd had a good year this year, uh, the the stats, the numbers, the top 10 counties in Iowa that have the highest, uh, the highest harvest rates, and uh, for you out-of-staters out there, that might be something you want to listen to if you're interested in coming back, you know, coming to Iowa to hunt. So lots of great information. I'm going to keep this intro short just so we have enough time to get into all of the, uh, all of the data and all the information that uh, Ben shares with us today. So that's it for the intro. Let's just get right into the episode. Here we go. All right. Today on the phone, I have Mr. Ben Lial, And my first question for you, Ben, is on a scale of one to 10, how jacked are you for this upcoming deer season?
1: Well, I'd have to definitely say it's a ten. We've got some uh we got some forecasts out there that are uh, look like it's gonna be cooler rather than warmer. Uh, I know the last what, the last three or four years we've seen where we're sitting up in deer stands in October, middle of October in short sleeve shirts. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, uh and there's something about those cool Octobers that kind of transition into a, a cool November that I don't know, it just makes, it, it makes, it seems like everything is right with the world. And then you get like some of these uh, Octobers that you were talking about, where it's 85 degrees uh, throughout the day, humid, like in one of those Indian summers and uh, the deer just are not moving. And uh, that's no fun for a guy who likes to get it done as soon as humanly possible.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it that's the truth man. I remember uh, sitting up in a tree stand in short sleeve shirt and uh just absolutely nothing going on until almost uh, as the sun's going down. Yeah. You start seeing a little bit of movement, but uh, nothing. Uh the deer just don't like that that real hot uh, humid weather. So right. they 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 hang out in the in the deep woods keeping it cool.
0: And uh the thing that I've always kind of found out is you got to be in tight at that point, right? You you can't be hunting field edges if the if the temperature is that hot because unless it's somewhere near some kind of water source, the first thing like they're not even standing up out of their bed until it's damn near the you know, the sun's almost down.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. Matter matter of fact, the, one of the stands I had was uh, in a in a timber um, between um, the edge of a fence line and either it was either beans or or corn depending on the year but I was right in the middle of that and uh, you know when it's warm they don't come out even to, to have their dinner if you will um you know until the sun's going down so it yeah. uh, makes for you know just like every other hunter that's out there right you get anxious about about getting out there you want to you want to get your in the tree stand as soon as possible and it's kind of disheartening when you sit there for <laughs> a couple hours and don't even see anything move.
0: So Right. Right. So let me ask you this. Are you an early season guy? Uh or do you just kinda wait till the good the good time of the year?
1: No, I typically uh um I'm an early season guy and I and uh you know the my first objective is to harvest the dough. Um just you know, so I have some meat in the freezer. Yeah. So I'll go out I'll go out early and uh see if I can't uh, you know, make that happen in the first few weeks of the season. And once that does in the freezer, then I can I can uh, start looking at rut activity and and uh, seeing what the, the the bucks are doing. And you know, with any luck, I'll I'll find myself in a position to uh, harvest a buck because um, they actually get more more active uh, toward the end of October, um, end of the first two weeks of uh, November. That, yeah. that typically is you know rut, the t- peak of the rut. Uh, If you will.
0: So, right. Right. And I'll tell you the last two years, I've been really paying a lot of attention on my trail cameras the last two and three years and not just focusing on when the big dogs start, you know, showing their face, but when actually they start to, you know, make daylight appearances. Right. And I'm telling you, right. I'm telling you right now, it hasn't been until like the, 28th of October, 29th of October, that these these big deer are even close to daylight. Yep,
1: yep, that is a fact. And they, uh, um, I I've had a few trail cam pictures, and and you know what's deceiving about those pictures? You get you get uh, all uh, uh, start salivating, you know, when you see a nice big ten or a, yeah. a eleven point buck in in the early in the pictures, right? They're still in velvet. Um, and, and they're right there, you know, like I put a, a camera right by my tree stand and I like, okay, this is going to be good. But invariably those, those big deer, they're not going to, they're not going to hang around there. They're going to go find the the does that are, right. that are moving. And, uh, you know, I've, I've never seen one of the bucks that I've had on camera come across my path and uh, during the season. So, yeah, um, yeah. but that's-, that's true. They don't, they don't, uh, it really doesn't start picking up until, um, the, the last part of October into the first and second week of November.
0: So here's a, here's a fun little stat for you. Last three years, 2016, 17 and 18. While I'm out trick or treating with my kids. And one of my favorite time of times of the year to hunt is late October. When mm. I'm out trick or treating with my kids and I get a trail camera picture when I go and check them of, a big buck walking in daylight next to one of my tree stands. And (laughs) it kind of frustrates me because I love my, don't get me wrong. I love my family and I love going out and, uh, you know, trick or treating. But if for some reason the city was like, Hey man, we're going to do it on a Tuesday this week instead of on the weekend or whatever, I would, I would be okay with that. Right. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, those are the, those are the images that get your blood going doesn't
0: it right absolutely absolutely all right so you wrote an article about Iowa deer hunting forecast for 2019 and uh before we get into like the meat and potatoes why don't you just give us a real high level of what this article was about and uh you know all the all the details and data that kind of went into it
1: Sure. So, uh, I've been writing, uh, the deer forecast for probably, oh, six or seven years now. Um, and, uh, the, the magazine that, uh, I wrote for, um, I, I write for two magazines. I write for, um, the Iowa game and fish magazine, and then I also write for the Iowa sportsman. Um, the uh, game and fish magazine decided that they wanted to, uh, uh, do more of a regional kind of a uh, uh, issue. So they, they cover the, the Midwest uh, rather than just states. So um, I thought I'd share, uh, continue this this trend, you know, with my writing the forecast by sharing it with the Iowa readers um, uh, through the Iowa Sportsman Magazine. And this really is just an overview of the harvest that took place last year by county. Um, and, and I actually have a, a spreadsheet. that that lists all 99 counties in the state or that you know i can uh and they they have reports for every you know buck and and doe and and uh buttons you know the whole nine yards um so it's a it's a a harvest report and so what i like to do is just kind of show everybody kind of where the where the deers are being harvested um so there's opportunities for uh, folks, uh, you know, and one of the benefits we have in this state is that you can travel across the state within two or three hours in any direction. Um, and so access to some of these hunting areas is, is actually the easy to get to. Now, whether or not you can find a place to hunt, that's a different story, but, yeah. um, certainly, uh, certainly there are, are plenty of places to drive to. So that's just an overall, um, article on, on the. The harvest numbers, um, you know, by county from last year, uh, kind of gives a, a good idea of what, what to expect this year. Um, the, the DNR has been doing a pretty good job of monitoring the uh, deer population since, uh, I want to say the late 1990s, uh, they started uh, monitoring heavily um, the deer populations had just kind of, es- just well, lack of a better word, exploded, um, and there were just tons of deer everywhere. So... They, they went into a program where they wanted to manage the herd, um, and get it back into a, a more manageable level where, um, you know, the, the deer, the deer are, are a, a, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, an asset for the the state, if you will. Yeah. Um, they, uh, uh, but they also are, are, um, a hazard, right? We have right. a lot of uh, deer car accidents on the road. Um the other thing they do is they, they kind of uh, uh when they get into areas they can really um over over overcome or overpower the um the ne- the natural resources there so they tend to they tend to be too many of them and they can have uh a negative effect on farmers' crops Because you know you and I both know that you know where are we hunting deer you know we're we're on the edge of a cornfield or we're on the edge of a bean field. So, uh, too many deer means uh, that we're going to have an issue with, with crop damage and, and loss. So, yeah. you know, between the, between the farmers and the Iowa DNR and, and hunters, quite honestly, um, they've been in a management program for quite some time and, uh, they've, they've gotten them down to, uh, population levels that were, uh, about, um, the 1990 level. And, uh, there's, there's still plenty of deer to hunt. Um, yeah. there's not going to be any, you know, we're not going to. We're not going to see any great loss in the, in the number of deer to, to hunt, but, um, they're certainly doing a great job of, uh, great job of managing the herd. And quite honestly, the, their management is also being helped by all the hunters that are out there that are doing a great job of reporting their harvests. And, uh, you know, it's all online or by phone. So, yeah, uh, you, you got to commend the guys and gals that are out there, um, hunting each year that, that they're doing some accurate reporting. So, yeah. That's kind of what the whole article is about. Um, and then we just kind of break it down by county for the top 10 counties in the state.
0: I'll tell you what. I was, when I was in, uh, I guess, high school and I was started to hunt, even back in the early 2000s, I was getting, I, I remember days where I would see 20 deer from the tree stand. Just And I did most of my hunting down in southeast Iowa. A couple different counties sure. down there. And sure. just a... Crazy amount of deer. Uh, that those numbers have kind of been reduced uh, in my just from my perspective over the years hunting the same properties and seeing a, a reduction in deer, but uh, seeing a you know it's not like they just completely disappeared. It's just I'm not seeing twenty deer from uh, it right. uh, from the from the stand anymore. However, I can remember walking into a bean field or, or excuse me a cornfield uh, before harvest. And just seeing acres upon acres upon acres of crop damage that uh, these deer had on some of these some of these fields, and it was ridiculous. I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking like 15 acres of just flat ground because of the deer that came in and just destroyed it. So I can imagine that the farmer at that point was ready to let anybody hunt that property just to, to slow that down. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and that's what they've done. Is and so, as as time has progressed, you know, uh, if you go on the Iowa DNR website, um, it'll tell you how many um, extra doe licenses are available um, by county. Um, and if you were to compare that, say from ten years ago, the numbers, the number of tags that that are available have been drastically reduced because they've they've harvested the deer out of there yep um while they're still trying to trying to reduce that number even more, there there are not as many, so right. um, you know you could find yourself in a in a county that that uh, you want an extra dough tag and, and you asked to purchase one and you know their their allotted number of extra dough tags are gone, so yeah.
0: um, I'm glad they've done that stair step now where they've allowed everybody to buy their buck tag and their one dough tag before they open it up. Let's see, I think it's like September 15th is when you can go in and buy your buck tag and you can buy mm-hmm. one doe tag for the county. Um And then, let's say after that, then they open it up. So I live in Johnson County, Iowa City, right? Um, a right. A pretty hev- heavily populated county. Uh I only get one doe tag because they sell out like that, just done. However, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do... Um, some more hunting in uh, a couple counties down south, which it's not unlimited, but there uh, when I went today and actually bought my tags for down there, there was over 700 doe tags for archery still left uh, in the, uh, in that particular county. So they're doing a really good job of keeping track, uh, you know, detailed information about where you can hunt and how many you can hunt. And, uh, I think that's just good for everything overall. And it get, it gives everybody the chance to go out and still hunt without, you know, one guy saying, Hey man, I got like 50 deer on my property. I want 50 tags.
1: Right, exactly. And so they, they're, they're doing a, a, a good job of managing. And, and again, it's, it's a cooperation between the hunters and, and the Iowa DNR. Um, cause without, without that, uh, cooperation between the the two of them, you know, us and them, uh, the, this, uh, management program that they instituted several years ago just wouldn't work. But I think the, I think the, um, hunters out there realize, you know, what, uh, uh um, what we have in terms of, of hunting here in the state and they're, they're, they're wanting to help the, the state manage it as well. Cause quite honestly, we want this to continue for years to come and, Right. Uh, you know, my son and your kids and anybody else that introduces, uh, their young ones to, to hunting. Um, you know, I'd like to see eventually my sons, uh, my grandkids at some point, you know, right. uh, get interested in hunting as well. So.
0: Right. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into this, uh, this article a little bit and why don't you talk about, uh, the, uh, this, this forecast. All right. And is this a forecast like hunting is going to be good or is this from a number standpoint?
1: Yeah, it's really mostly numbers. Um, You know, for example, uh, last year, the statewide harvest was 107,857 deer, which was about a 1.6 increase from the previous season. So we average over the last several years, you know, uh, between 100 and 105, 107 thousand uh deer harvested and that's you know that's a cumulative so that would be buck doe and um you know button buck um but that's that's the number of deer so uh it's a in- slight increase so we, we didn't harvest the you know any fewer or not, not much more but it's basically a numbers based on the numbers and the counties that i list in the article are are also based on the number of deer um, harvested in that county right right
0: yeah and, and then the article kind of goes on to list the what the top 10 counties for deer harvests in iowa
1: yeah yeah and you know you, you you can pretty much uh if you were to look at the state overall um counties along the mississippi up in northeast uh iowa typically are are the the better there's more animals up there because there's a lot more cover obviously right. um so, uh, you know, for Clayton County, there were 4,360 deer harvested last year. Um, and you know, there were, out of those, there were uh, 2,031 bucks harvested. So, uh, you know, it's more like a 50, 50 ratio between doe and buck. Um, there are about 300 more does harvested than bucks, but, um, you know, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good number of deer, uh, for a county that only covers 793 square miles. So,
0: right right um, so here's a this is kind of a cool fact and this is what i this is the information that i really like is the top 10 counties in Iowa for reported deer harvest so they reported roughly uh they it's over 28,000 deer harvested the average is 4.8 deer per square mile so in in your opinion do you think that is a you think that's a low number or a high number?
1: Well, um, for most of Iowa, I would say that's a pretty, pretty high number. Um, if you were to look at, uh, Western Iowa, um, South central Iowa, uh, central Iowa has some pretty good numbers. Um, but, um, you know, th- there are, there are, uh, like 1.2 deer point per square mile in, in, uh, in a county that maybe, you know, 800 square miles. So that's, that's a low number. So this is actually a, a, a uh, I would consider this a pretty good number for, for that many, um, you know, there's, what is it? 5,895 square miles in the top 10 counties. So, um, that's a, that's a relatively good number per square miles. Yeah. So obviously those counties, um, have the deer have the cover, Like, um, yeah. And they're, they're up, you know, like again, Northeast Iowa, um, Warren County typically is in the top 10 and that's, you know, just south of where I live, I live in Polk County. Um, and so Warren County is a pretty good county to hunt in. Um, so there, there, there are, there is good deer hunting scattered throughout the state, but, but it, you know, typically is where the, where the cover is, you're going to find the
0: deer. Right. Absolutely. All right. So this is the first time I've heard of this, you know, after reading your article a while ago. Um, I'll, why don't you tell the listeners what the DMZ, zone is in iowa and what that means
1: so what the deer management zone hunts are there are these are hunts that are special uh, that do not count um toward a, a normal um doe harvest tag um, and it's just a it's a management i mean if the keyword there is management zone and these are typically areas where um hunting is not allowed, but the deer it, the, they become deer sanctuaries if you will right um a quabi uh uh state park is is a perfect example um you know there's uh there's about fifteen uh spots available for that management hunt and so and it's doe only but you can go down there and harvest a, a deer um throughout the season and it's archery only again uh no no shotgun muzzleloader or anything else. It's archery only, but, um, these are, these are great, uh, opportunities for somebody to get out there and, and, uh, find a, a, a different place to hunt. I think, uh, uh, where was I went to, Oh, I was down by red rock and there was a, um, a hunt going on there and it was at, um, gosh, what's the, what's the name of the lake next to red rock? um, Sailorville? Anyway, it, that's no, that's, that's in central Iowa. Yeah. That's yeah. Des Moines. Red Rock is over by, uh, South of, uh, South of Newton and, and by Monroe or South of Monroe. Um, but anyways, there was, I went fishing out there one fall and there were, there were signs all over the uh, parking area that there was a deer management hunt taking place. And, you know, just to be aware, because, Again, it's just archery, but, you know, you don't want uh, anglers out there freaking out because a deer runs out (laughs) from the woods with an arrow uh, pass through it. So, (laughs) um, but, uh, you know, you can log on to the uh, Iowa DNR website and it's, uh, uh, look for the deer management hunt under the uh, deer hunting tab. Um, And just uh, look where there might be some opportunities outside of your normal, um, hunting areas. And these are, these are actually areas where you're typically not allowed to hunt. Right. So some, some of the cities have these, I know that's, uh, there are some, uh, here in Polk County, uh, I think Johnston has some limited hunts. You know, there, there, there's a lot of deer in, in, along the river here, uh, in Des Moines, along the uh, Des Moines river. So, yeah. um, you know, they allow people to, to hunt in those areas as well. So, a uh, great opportunity you're you know you're doing two things you're helping uh reduce the uh number of deer in the in the sanctuary if you will and uh two you get to fill a tag and it doesn't go against your um hunter's regular license or bag limit so yeah
0: i know that some of these places uh kent park uh west of iowa city has a has a management hunt there as well they uh you can go and you can you know get your tags and you got to go to a uh uh, you got to sh- take your bow and you got to get an accurate accuracy test, right And uh, oh really yeah, yeah you got to shoot yeah. I think at 20 or 25 yards you have to put five arrows in the size of basically a paper plate right That's the accuracy test. So it's it's fairly easy to do but at the same time yeah. I heard that some of these management hunts, if you the first person to harvest five does gets an additional, buck tag for I'm not sure if it's that season or the following season so it's almost like hey man you do your part and you work hard and you harvest these you know these does then we're gonna reward you by giving you an additional buck tag to be used on that property that doesn't count against your statewide tag.
1: Yeah, I I've, I've heard that. I've actually never seen it in writing. Um and and uh of all the times that I've interviewed uh, um deer biologists and those guys from the DNR, uh never asked them specifically about that, but I I have heard that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I uh I want to I want to take it I want to take uh part in that uh sometime because they have some urban hunts around Iowa City that you can do the same thing, you know, get a tag and um, you know, they got all these deer eating people's landscaping and whatnot. And uh yeah. I know a guy who I oh mean, he's killed like a one sixty class out of someone's backyard one year. Yeah. And yeah. you still have to go and get permission from all these landowners. But, you know, you hand him a piece of paper that says, Hey, look, I passed this test. Um, deer are damaging, you know, everything in this area. And uh, you know, let me go let me shoot a couple of deer. And this guy goes out in like three days two or three days every year he kills five does and then he goes and he gets his, uh, he gets the additional buck tag too. So he can hunt. Nice. Uh, yeah. so, I don't know that. I think that would be kind of be cool.
1: It would, you know, and one of the other things that, you know, you, you can also do along with this extra, this extra doe tags that you're, that you're allowed in these DMZs is, uh, um, you know, you can donate the, the deer to, yes. um, you know, the, uh, hush program. That program to, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, I, I, I try to do that every year as well. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy two dough tags, um, so that I, have one for my freezer and then, you know, I keep my other tag for a buck if, if I get that lucky. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll also harvest the dough, um, and donate, donate that to the, uh, um, to the shelters, you know, they, they yeah. grind that meat up and they just turn it into hamburger and, uh, you know helping to feed those that need help so yeah absolutely um, you know you can do that you definitely do that with the with the uh deer management zones deer um i think it's a great program so it's definitely worth that's definitely worth mentioning as well
0: yep absolutely so uh you know depending on what where you live i'm sure there's some of these uh dmz zones in uh in polk County right? I mean, there they yep. gotta be, cause you know, all the, the, the suburbs of of that town that kind of lead up to the river bottoms and whatnot. Uh, I know that there's yep. some here in Lynn and uh, Johnson County as well. And, uh, any, anywhere there's a big city, I think, or, or, or a state park, you might want to be able uh, to at least look into it if it's something that you'd be interested in doing. All right. So yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about CWD, man. It's, uh, uh so it's definitely a buzzword these days and uh i know there are states like Wisconsin that have had to go through a terrible amount of CWD control they're starting to pop up all over uh you know CWD is starting to pop up over all these other states in the midwest even you know closer to the south now what's mm-hmm. the uh what's the story with CWD in Iowa this year
1: well uh uh you know, when I talked, when I first started talking about CWD with the, uh, with the Iowa DNR biologists, they were like, it's not a matter of, uh, uh, if, but it's just a matter of when, Right? Um, cause every, every state surrounding, um, Iowa had, uh, CWD, um, in their, in their wild deer herd. And, and for those that are listening, you might not know what it is. It's chronic wasting disease. Um, and it's something that, that, uh, doesn't go away. You know, it's, uh, it's not like with the EHD that we see every now and then, um, that's, uh, that's brought on by, uh, very dry, warm conditions. And, and it's, uh, you know, once we get a first hard freeze, EHD goes away, but this, this doesn't, this, this is around year year round. Um, so, uh, um, And a deer, deer can li-
0: live its whole life with CWD, by the way. It's not yeah. like, it's not like EHD where it kills it really quick a deer can have test positive for CWD and not necessarily die from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so what they've done is that they've set up, um, uh, some tests, you know, I guess voluntarily the, the, um, folks that live in these, these counties and specifically, um, Allomake, um, they've had 34 positive cases there. Clayton County has had six, um, Wayne County has had five and now as of 2018, Dubuque County, uh, had one, uh, reported CWD case. Um, so they, they monitor the spread and, and, uh, um, they're, uh, increasing their surveillance in the areas that they know that they're at, but, uh, they've also, uh, um, set up, uh, ways for, uh, ang- I want to say anglers, <laughs> uh, hunters to, um, have their deer tested before they consume the the animal, um, to make sure that it's free of CWD.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that kind of freaks people out, man, is, you know, CWD is, there's not enough, like I've talked to a lot of people about CWD and what I found out Mm -hmm. is that there is, there is not enough information like testing that's been done information data that's been gathered from it to really know enough about it to like try to attack it and, and and solve problems so the best thing for people to do is to report their deer to try to get a you know a sense of where is it at, how many deer are you know being you know how many deer are testing positive for it, how many deer as a whole are being tested for it so the more data that they get the more data that they're going to be able to go through and in you know find it whether it's a cure or find a way to slow it down or find just more information about CWD and and hopefully that i know it's it, it's almost freaky to to think about it because nobody wants to have CWD on their property and it's almost right. like man if i test this deer there's a chance this deer has CWD but it's one of those things where if you don't, the long-term effects could be worse. If that makes sense.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, uh, one of the I think it was maybe last year in the article I read, I kind of I, I do a uh, update, you know, on the uh, of the chronic wasting disease every year, and uh, I believe one time the um, the question came up, you know, is uh, is it you know harmful to humans, and and they haven't. They haven't had any, uh, um, they haven't had any cases where the disease has been transferred to humans, although they don't recommend, you know, uh, consuming or, or getting any of the the brain matter or, or, you know, uh, that stuff, um, into your food or into the, into the deer. But, uh, but they have done some testing on, you know, of course monkeys, but they've, they've, uh, they've done some testing and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it's proven to be, you know, um, I wouldn't say not negative or positive. You know, they're still, they're still trying to determine whether or not it, it actually is, uh, something that we can contract by eating contaminated deer. And As right now, we, we don't have that. We don't have that answer. So yeah, it,
0: there's, there's um, been no, there's been no positive, uh, jumps from deer to humans. And I think that's one thing to really focus on is that, um, that right now I I think there's a lot of hype or you know what what we just are talking about right now that could freak some people out I don't think yeah. it's necessarily anything to get really freaked out about but it's something to be aware of uh, because uh, they have done studies on monkeys but those monkeys were force-fed specific like the worst parts of the, the deer that we would not eat and yeah. uh, in, in that testing. So like they were eating excrement and brain matter and all this other stuff to basically in this testing to see if the if the disease would jump. And it uh I'm not hundred percent on the outcome of that, but I know that I'm not gonna eat deer, brain and or feces. So, you know, right. just, just stick to the back straps and the, the loins. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, what I
1: was going to do here
0: is the, the uh,
1: uh, like, they list, um, let's see, what was it, 40, 46 total um, harvested. But in Alamaki, there was 34 deer. Um, and that is since they started the monitoring program. So, that you know, Alamaki was the first county they saw it in. And I believe that was, like, three years ago. So, in three years, they've had 34 deer um, tested positive. And last year there were 3,693 deer harvested out of that. So the percentage of the deer that could possibly be um, uh, contaminated with CWD, you know, it's probably less than 10%. You know, we're probably looking at the one to two percentile possibility of a, of a deer being contaminated based on you know, if I went back and then totaled up the total numbers of deer that were harvested, say, in the last three or four years, and then, you know, divide that by the 34 that have been tested positive, you, you can tell that that, that number is going to be way, way low. So right. um, while it's something we need to be very aware of, it is not an epidemic, and it certainly is not uh, uh, going to ruin our hunting in the state.
0: Right. As Yeah. And, and I know there's a lot of organizations and people who are really fired up about cwd right you know there's there's a group of people saying oh don't worry about it it's a scam and then there's a group of people uh also saying hey this could mean the end of the white tailed deer if we don't pay attention to it and again going back to what i've said is science and data will will write the story on this right the more that we test the more that we find out about it then we can't you know because the people who are voicing their opinions are not scientists and they're not data they're not collecting data they're just some dipshit with a mouth right and anybody, yeah we all yeah, know we yeah, all know those yeah. people
1: well and and you know the the dnr continues to explore you know options for hunters to submit samples outside of the normal sampling uh, that the dnr does you know and they're they're also looking at developing an online reporting tool so you know, the DNR is taking this seriously and they're doing everything they can to provide the information, which is one of the reasons why I ask the question every year. I write this article, you know, where are we at? You know, what's, what's new this year that wasn't last year? Um, You know, that's, that's one of the things that, that I think it's important for people to be informed. And, and, you know, I'm talking to the scientists, I'm talking to the biologists. So those are the guys that know. So uh, uh, the information that, that, I have on this article, and and what they have on their um, on their website is is very accurate. So yeah, um, it's not a problem, but you know we need to be aware of it. Right.
0: All right. So before we get into the the this upcoming season and uh, talk a little bit about that, you you wrote a little fun fact in this article, and I think this is interesting because um, I I can talk every once in a while I'll talk with a guy who who had been around since like somewhere around the sixties and they talked about how it wasn't legal to shoot deer out of a tree. You had to be on Uh the ground, right? Like no one hunted from tree stands and now everybody hunts from tree stands. Right. So, so, Fun fact, the first deer season in Iowa took place in the mid-1950s to control deer populations due to fears and concerns over deer causing crop damage. The hunt was scheduled for late December and was the first time that laws let's see, uh the first time that laws and harvest limits were implemented. So yeah. I, I wonder if I wonder if people were just like shooting deer regularly before that. And all of a sudden, the DNR steps in and was like, okay, well, we can make some money off this, right? The state of Iowa can make some money if we start implementing limits and stuff like that because, you know, Iowa is an agriculture state. So can yeah. I, I can imagine that, you know, a group of people in a high deer density area getting together and being like, listen, we're going to wipe these, these suckers out if you don't implement something to control this herd because corns and soybeans rule the world yeah
1: yeah well you know it, it's like like everything else right uh um the buffalo the wild buffalo herds are a perfect example
0: absolutely uh, there was no
1: control and so you know we almost wiped them out so um the dnr realized you know what uh what the the deer were well there's two issues right there there's one they were causing cop, uh, crop damage right so uh, they want to they want to be able to control that but um they also realized that the deer was a resource for the state so you know they started managing the deer and and uh um implemented laws and, and uh, harvest limits back in the 1950s but uh i can't imagine what what the deer populations were back then if if they if if that was the first time they implemented laws they they probably had deer everywhere
0: yeah. I'm not sure. And then you kind of you kind of look back and you're like everybody kind of thinks that the glory days of hunting were the early 90s, right? That's when people were dropping booners left and right, you know. At least yep, that's that's yep. that's what I felt was some the 90s were like the peak of the Iowa like the glory days is is what made Iowa popular. Everybody's coming out of Iowa with a giant buck. But at the same time, you know, you have, I don't know, it's, I guess it's just more nostalgic for me because I grew up in Iowa and I heard these stories of, you know, the, in the 90s. But you go before that when there's way less hunters, there's no season, and just imagine some of the deer that could potentially have been running around, right? No, one, no one's even paying attention to them right just the only the only thing is that they're they're causing crop damage so just imagine the quality of bucks that were running around back then
1: oh yeah yeah i mean that's i can imagine because you know they don't have the technology they didn't have the technology we have now right i mean they didn't have pictures of all these huge bucks you know they would see a, a big buck crossing a path once in a while and and uh, but yeah, I imagine back then there were some monsters that nobody really ever knew about.
0: Right. Right. So why don't you go ahead and, and, uh, wind us down here. We're getting, we're getting towards the end of this episode. Let's talk a little bit about the outlook, uh, for the 2019, 2020 season.
1: Well, there's, there's definitely plenty of deer and opportunities out there. Um, where hunters can harvest their their deer, if they took a look take a look at the article, you know I list the top ten counties. Obviously, those are going to be um, better than average places to go. Um, but you can go out there and the harvest deer there. Um, so the deer population is 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 stable and uh, and healthy. There are, there are plenty of uh, bucks and does out there to harvest. Um, One of the things that uh, the DNR here recently implemented several years ago as well was uh, uh, Iowa Habitat Access Program. So it's a way where hunters can access uh, private land that the DNR has basically uh, made an agreement to go in and and do some of their management of, of the deer herd in that property. Now, it's still private property, but you know, you have an opportunity, expanded opportunity to go in and and harvest deer in some of those places. So, um, that information is also available on the website. It's, uh, the IHAP program, uh, for the Iowa DNR, but, um, between the deer management zone hunts, uh, the regular season, which, you know, for a bow
0: hunter, it's a long
1: season. You get all the way to what, October 1 to December 3rd or something
0: like that. Yeah. I think it's even Um, a little longer this year.
1: And then you've got, then you've got the late bow hunt, um, that, that opens up in January. Uh, and that's, that's a a doe only season, but, um, there are plenty of opportunities to, to harvest bucks and, and does, you know, um, all throughout the state. So, um, as I've mentioned before, you know, we live in a, in an area in the state where it's easy to travel from one side to the other. Um, so, you know you can make a trip a day trip or or even a weekend trip to uh, maybe find a find a place to set up a tree stand and do some hunting
0: that's right that's right lots of deer in iowa uh except if you're an outer stater right don't listen to this we don't want we don't (laughs) want right now just kidding just kidding um well i tell you what ben really appreciate you taking time to hop on the the uh podcast and chit chat with us today man i am uh i threw a piece of cardboard out of my house and into my garage and my recycling bin was next to the plug in for my deep freeze. So this summer, I think actually this spring, I threw a piece of cardboard out, it knocked the plug in to my deep freeze out. I didn't know oh, about no. it for multiple multiple days and I opened that sucker up like a month later and it just was the worst case scenario. All my deer meat was gone.
1: gone. So yeah.
0: this year my goal it, right off the bat is I got I I have three doe tags and one buck tag and I'm going to try to shoot three doe with my bow this year and fill the freezer and then, you know, chase the, chase the, the buck. But, uh, my goal is definitely definitely to fill the freezer this year.
1: Yeah. I I think I've uh, about emptied my freezer out of the deer meat that I've had. So yeah, it's, it's definitely time to, to add some more deer meat to the freezer. And, uh, I am certainly looking forward to getting back out there and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, the half of it really is the hunt. The other half is just being out there, you know, yeah. um, the, the, the nature in general, when you're out in a tree stand, you never know what you're going to see. I've had raccoons climb up the tree and, uh, you know, uh, I've had, uh, one time I was in a tree stand and there were, you know, I don't know. 4,000 geese that had come in to feed, oh, and wow. uh, yeah, it was just insane the amount of geese that had come in. And uh, uh, I didn't see a single deer that night, but sitting there just <laughs> listening to the listening to the birds come in and all the noise, and and it was it's just really neat. And I, you know, that's as an outdoorsman and outdoorswoman and and a kid, you know, that's that's some of the things that we need to take away from our hunting. You know, it's not just about taking an animal. It's about the entire experience. You know, it's the, it's the quiet, it's, it's the, you know, did I do enough to prevent the deer from smelling me? Am I in the right place? I mean, there's, you can ask yourself a million questions about what you're doing wrong or right. Right. And then, uh, just enjoy the experience. You know, it's not, yeah, you know, we want to harvest a buck. We want to go out there and, 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 uh, shoot a doe. But, um, we also want to have an experience so that we can talk about, you know, the experience. So, uh, that's I just think, you know, I want to encourage everybody just to go out and have fun, you know, yeah, you yeah, know, we want to harvest a doe or, or a buck, but let's, let's have fun. And lastly, I would like to say that let's, let's introduce somebody that's never been hunting or fishing or any part of the outdoors, introduce them to it. Um, you know, we have, we have a great, uh, Resource here in the state Um, and we have a lot of places to go. So take somebody that's never
0: been that's a fact, man That's a that's a a whole additional topic for another episode that we really do need to focus on is hunter retention and uh, Even if it's I mean even if it's not necessarily Getting them to buy a license, but just introducing them to the sport and hopefully they buy a license the next year or the year after. But just bringing someone new with you and just showing them what it's all about is a big win for oh, know, yeah. for hunters to continue doing what they love.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I participated in a mentored mentor deer hunt uh, at uh, um, Warren County for a couple of years, and, and it was just... Uh, uh, limited class and and they brought the dnr in there they brought the uh the um conservation officers in there and they educated um these new hunters you know this is what we this is why we hunt this is what a deer is this is what it looks like and and then they say okay now you get to go out the next weekend and, and try your luck right and everybody that was in that program had never ever um hunted for deer so you know i don't know what the percentage of return to uh, is on on the the people that come back to hunt but the fact that they've had an opportunity to experience it is uh well worth the effort
0: amen amen well ben good luck the rest of the season man keep me posted on uh what you lay down and uh you'll have to hop on uh uh hop on the podcast again and share some more knowledge with us someday
1: Yeah, man, I tell you what, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, um, good luck to you and good luck to everybody out there listening, and hopefully we'll see some uh, big boys uh, on the ground sometime soon.
0: Big thanks to Ben for hopping on and chit chatting with us today, man. Lots of great information on that podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Also, follow the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Uh, I guess you follow along on social, on Facebook. Also, let's see, what else? What else? What else? Make sure you're going to their website, iwasportsman.com. Tons of uh, new content there as far as articles about hunting and fishing and the, the great state of iowa then the trifecta like i always say you got the podcast you got the website and then you got the magazine right so go to the website iowasportsman.com and subscribe to the magazine now you're getting three different uh attacks right you're getting content from three different uh areas uh, that just go to fulfill your 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 lust for outdoor content, and uh, it's just really good overall content from guys and gals who live in the state of Iowa, so it's really relatable uh, on, a, on a local level, but for those of you who are listening to this podcast outside of Iowa, we also... Uh, can take away some of the principles that we learn uh, to your home state as well. So keep that in mind. Other than that, guys, uh, opening day is really close here in Iowa. And I just want to remind everybody to be safe. And if you're going to be in a tree, to wear your safety harness. And, uh, you know, if you get the opportunity, go take a, go take someone out who hasn't been hunting. And uh, just expose them to that. Because here in a couple years, we're going to need everybody that we can to hop on the hunting bandwagon and uh, continue to uh, get new people into the sport. So with all that said, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week.